between us recording, um, hold on, the cat is about to jump over the keyboard and that can't happen. This is podcasting at its finest. Welcome to Active Discourse, the multi-platform technology podcast. I'm Bo, and I've inched a little bit closer to replacing a three-year-old phone in order to retain my tech head card. <laughs> what an intro. <laughs> um, I'm Brett. I'm still using Bang, and I still don't have my $5 gift card yet. You gotta use the words <laughs> when you got them. <laughs> yeah. All right, yep. so let's start with some follow-up. Brett yeah. has a little bit. He's got some new toys to play with. I do have some new toys to play with. So between our last recordings, I was staying at a new place, and the TV audio wasn't great, and there was a new feature that launched, which allows a HomePod pair to be a a default output for a TV. And I was morbidly curious, um, given my history with uh, HomePods on this show, um, previous experience with HomePod wasn't great. It sounded beautiful, but dumb speaker that didn't really connect very frequently. So I decided to just give it a shot. I picked up one HomePod mini just to see how it worked. It connected pretty well, um, sounded fine. It's not nearly as good as the bigger HomePod, but you know, it's, uh, a third of the price. So that's good. And yeah, anyway, um, gave it a shot. It connected pretty well. And then I decided to get a second one just to see how stereo pair sounds. And that does sound quite good. It again, I'd say the two of them add up to a little bit more than a single HomePod. Um, but again, two of one of them is a hundred bucks. And technically when the HomePod was new, cause they discontinued it, um, it was selling for like 300 bucks. So $200 is better than $300 in sound quality and in price. So um, it's only used really for TV. I've turned off Siri. It works fine, actually. And um, I'm curious to see what Apple does with HomePods more in the future. So this, I am well past the return period. So the HomePod minis are ho- here to stay now. Yeah, they're not going anywhere. Well, and they're traveling around. Okay, uh, the they're, they're going a lot of yes. places, but they're staying within <laughs> your sphere of yeah. of ownership. Okay, there's another thing that I got, which is uh, an, an AirTag. And this was launched since last we spoke as well. Um, and this has kind of been rumored just forever, basically. But basically, it's a little tracker. I previously spoke about the fact that I have a tile on my cat's collar because we're moving around a lot and i want to be able to find her if she ever gets lost but the tile app itself like kills my battery like i actually uninstalled it from my phone because of the fact that i'd have to charge my phone anywhere from two to three times a day just because of the fact that uh, yeah the tile app was sucking up like 15 to 20 percent of my battery every day that is significant it was not good and i knew that apples would be able to do that a little bit better so I got one because I was going to get one regardless just to see. It's like 29 bucks. It's not really that big of a deal. I was curious about it anyway. The th- the big thing that I'm excited about is the fact that there is a, a very healthy third-party case system already for this so that I know there's going to be other people that want to put this on their cat and they probably have like a 3D printer. And so they'll just jump on Etsy and say, hey, I I printed this thing and it fit on my cat's collar just fine. But right now I haven't really found a, a, a good solution to put this thing on on her collar i've kind of eyeballed it a little bit and it looks like it's a little big this is like a it's a device that's roughly the size of a quarter maybe a half dollar at most um so it's a little big so that's the only thing that i'm nervous about because the cat she's she's little she's only like seven pounds so i think it might be a little too big i could see the cat just trying to drag this tile (laughs) 
<laughs> getting a beefy <laughs> neck muscle from it. <laughs> uh, from a dragging perspective, like I actually want to attach it to the collar, like the the loop itself, not necessarily have it dangle because she's just so small that even the small tile that I have, which is roughly about the size of a uh, of a nickel, it gets into her food. And so it, it's hanging off like a little keychain and it gets into her food. So this thing is, you know, covered in food actually pretty frequently. It's a little gross. And so when I get this new system set up, obviously with it being larger, I can't necessarily have it dangle from her collar. And so I want to attach it to the like collar itself so that it's flush with the collar. Yeah. But what I'm curious about is whether or not that's going to be stupid, uncomfortable for her or not. Like, like if it goes towards her windpipe, whether or not like it, I don't know, cause her to not breathe very well. I'm going to be watching that extremely closely and try to figure it out. Yeah, I wonder if there'd be uh, something that somebody would make that uh, is almost like more of a brace where the air yeah. tag is, like you said, kind of flush like within it and not yeah. hanging. Or maybe even on the back of the neck or something. I'll put this in the show notes. I do have a tentative one that's launching in July that I am going to be possibly purchasing. I just sent you... The thing that is the best contender for this. so And it'll be in the show notes as well. Yeah, cool. I, I look forward to hearing more about the AirTag because I've, I've never really had much interest or, I guess, need for something like a tile. I, I guess I've never seen much reason in me getting one, but um, losing things, keeping track of your your pet, that, that does seem like a good use case. I wish I could put it on my glasses. It's just way too freaking big to put on the glasses. <laughs> like I wish there was like a little googly eye that I could put on the side of my glasses yeah. that would that I could use to track because I lose my glasses all the time. I lose my uh, keys all the time. I lose my wallet all the time. Currently, it's in my wallet. It works great in the wallet. I've no longer lost my wallet as a result. It's fantastic. So I'll be able to solve the keys in a little bit because I did order more. And then uh, I'll just lose my my glasses from now on that'll be fine whatever yeah you can always get more of those they're not expensive or anything right <laughs> all right so you have some uh follow-up as well i got a couple yeah we had talked uh, a few months ago at this point about a little device called ov valet it's from a team called ov loop and it's kind of a successor uh, it is a successor to uh loop pay which is the uh, company and the technology that Samsung acquired and has become Samsung Pay. Um, so MST technology is that like ATM? Can you not? I think t- <laughs> I think the T in there is actually the technology. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't be able to tell you, but yeah. So MST, so you can use your phone to pay, and it emulates the magnetic strip. Um, so you can use it on any old credit card reader. Mm-hmm. So this new device is it is a separate card, probably about half the size of a credit card, and it was delayed into late June. So uh, I think originally I was looking at having it in March or April or something like that, but uh, it's been delayed, so I won't be able to have any updates really on that. But on that same payment topic, my primary actual card was recently updated with a tap-to-pay version, which oh, maybe nice. will take away some of my kind of need to have that on my phone because I've started to use it and I'm still kind of navigating that and still figuring out like which terminals I know except the tap to pay on the card. I think a lot of the gas stations around me do and I've used it a few times on some of the readers and anyway, still kind of checking that whole situation out, but maybe I won't need the MST 
as much as I thought with that new upgrade to my card, which I had no idea about a few months ago. You are going through all the stages of grief here. It's happening before our very eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And uh, last point of follow-up, I finally got on to some kind of other games um, since I've gotten my PS5. So I picked up Ghost... You're over Overwatch for a little while? Right. uh, After putting in 1,200 hours or whatever into Overwatch, (laughs) I figured I should branch out. Holy shit. Um, So I finished up Dishonored, Death of the Outsider. That one's been... I've been hanging on to that for a while. And then I picked up Ghost of Tsushima. That is a PS4 game, but I played it on PS5. Total swan song for the PlayStation 4, by the way. Similar to, like, what Last of Us Part 1 was. Mm, for the 3. Yeah, and what, I guess, Part 2 kind of is also. I, I think there's a whole lot of great things about the game. The graphics, the the way they treat the Japanese culture, the history of it. It's really, really, a, really a well-done game. I think they went a little overboard with some of the open-world elements, though. Just, like, all the yeah. things you have to tick off your list if you want to get the platinum trophy which uh, i'm not much of a completionist anymore but i used to be and so i see these things and i still have that little pang of like man i really want to knock those off the list and get that platinum trophy but that's really annoying and i'm not going to take the time to do that play through uh play through a few other assassin's creed games and you'll uh you'll get it over that quickly oh yeah that's one of the reasons i stopped playing those is because like tower here tower there ubisoft and their towers man (laughs) they love it (laughs) okay you have one more thing of follow-up and then we'll get into the main topic yeah um last thing here is uh stickers uh we haven't talked about stickers in a while but let me know if you want one um we have we'll we'll give them out for free just let me know on twitter if you want one and look at the show notes or the show art right now because i applied our active discourse sticker to a sign in oregon so i won't give you the exact area because i don't know if that's incriminating or not but you know what uh we're among many other friends <laughs> and on that side, who knows so. by the time the episode airs you could be in another part of the country entirely so maybe maybe <laughs> well yeah i guess incriminating in terms of yes you tagging a, a sign that i don't know yeah. i don't know we'll have to look at the local yeah, laws yeah. On that one. <laughs> there's there's hundreds of others there yeah right right <laughs> So yeah, anyway, check out the uh, chapter art right now for the next moment or two, and then we will be moving on. The chapter art will be moving on to the next topic, which is Google I.O. And yes, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it. But first, before we jump into it, I just want to share that in the show notes as well. There is a recap that The Verge did. Uh, I believe they do this with a lot of the major uh, conferences as well. They do a really great job with it. So uh, check out the show notes if you want a uh, recap of uh, Google I.O. of 2021. Um, But otherwise, we'll just start it off with there's a big change to Android this year. What do you what do you think? Android had a huge change just yeah. if not in terms of the way it works then certainly in the way it looks. Mm-hmm. But obviously that will have an effect on the way you use it. So it's an entirely redone interface really. Big change from the previous versions. I I'd, I'd say this is probably one of the more dramatic reworks of the interface since I don't know, at least four major versions. Yeah. Maybe even since, you know, we got into the material era. From what I understand, the Android 9 was the last major uh, overhaul. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this one, aside from just kind of moving things around, rounding some corners, um, it takes some cues from, I think, both Apple and Samsung. Yep. A- there seems to be a lot of Apple in terms of the way some of the controls, are, the quick controls are set up, mm-hmm. the quick settings. Uh, that looks a lot like the idea of Control Center right now, where it's kind of got these bigger buttons in more of a grid layout. And it's kind of got a little bit more of a control center vibe to it. And then a lot of the other kind of general layout of things in most apps has a lot of what Samsung has been pushing in one UI, which is having kind of big headers that allow you to get to the stuff at the top until you scroll down and then you can have more screen real estate. So it, it's optimizing a little bit more for reachability, which is increasingly important as become as phones become towering monoliths that are bigger than your house huge unless you get a mini you know mini lifestyle which are rarer these days but they're still out there yep yep you're you're talking to the kid here um (laughs) so so uh, there's a whole lot of color um talk going around too and i know you've got a little comment on this but uh the idea behind it is that they they're uh, I, I, there might be a way for you to select a color and kind of pick a theme, mm-hmm. but I, they're really kind of pushing this ability to change the system colors everywhere, the whole system, to match your current wallpaper just kind of automatically by picking a color out of there. So what do you think of that? Yeah, that's a that's a really good idea, and it's really hard to do. Um, so it's, it's harder than it looks because what you might think about just from the top of your head is that, oh, hey, let's just find the the most obvious color in this photo and then match it to, you know, a set list of like 10 colors. And that that doesn't scale really, really quickly, by the way. So it's easy if you have a monotone image. Like, let's say you take a photo of the ocean. Like, oh, hey, great. It's mostly blue. Let's find a color that complements blue very well. And by the way, you want a color that complements, not necessarily is blue, because if you put blue on top of blue, then you run into an issue there. So it has to be a complementary color. But then, I mean, if you really think about it, who takes a photo of an ocean and exclusively uses that as their background or takes a photo of a forest or whatnot? Most people... Honestly, from what I can tell, they take a photo of their kid's face, and that is the cult, that is their wallpaper. And so and the kid is wearing an orange shirt yeah. with red shorts, or not even red. It's like orange shirt, purple shorts. Yeah. Well, <laughs> blue yeah. shoes. They could be at the park where they're, and it's a bright sunny day, so there's colors all over the place. What's the right. primary color in there? It's hard to tell. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how they're gonna choose uh-huh. a color from that, uh-huh. uh, but. Yes, interestingly, a lot of their promo uh, pictures where they're showing this off have wallpapers that are mostly one color. So they're making it easy on themselves in a demo perspective. Yeah. So it's I I'm I'm really really fascinated in that concept. So I I don't I I think they're going to do a, a good job with it. I just think it's really hard. Yeah, I've, I we'll see how it goes, and I will certainly applaud them if they're able to figure that out yeah. because. I mean, it's one thing to pick a color out of it, but how do you keep the texts that you're coloring readable? Like, one of the things that they're doing is coloring the clock that's over top that image. And it might be dimming it a little bit to make it more readable, but um, it's kind of a light green, pale green on top of this greenish-hued photo of flowers. So it does look like it's dimmed a little bit, but I still wonder how they keep things readable if like for example you have a photo that's really light like almost white 
hued over everything, um, just lightly saturated, and then you have some green somewhere yeah. or whatever color. So we'll see how that goes. I really would like to see it work out well because I'm thinking this is probably why it's taken them so long to add in any kind of theming. Maybe. Otherwise, they just really wanted to spend a, a, a long time to make it right. Like, um, mm-hmm. a theming system is hard to do. And, yeah, it, maybe they were just taking a few years to make it right. And the other thing here, by the way, is just the concept of the fact this is Android proper. I How many Android uh, manufacturers these days are even using, like, vanilla android these days like samsung are you gonna get any of this you're a samsung user are you gonna get any of this yeah samsung probably is gonna retain one ui right that that would be my assumption so that leaves i don't know motorola sony yeah one one plus takes a pretty uh light approach to it but yeah like in in all technicality i i don't know how much of this theming system they can discard and i guess that's you know up to the manufacturer they can just say oh we we built our own one we'll just you know go forward ahead but you would also think that in the future um as they're thinking about redoing their theming system they're like well and google made a really good theming system so let's just you know start to use that so they'll over time they'll probably start to add in more and more elements of this until eventually it's generally the default or at least the um the endpoints and the api are all the the same at least i guess we'll see but i i would imagine at least this year samsung probably won't have a ton of this theming system built in, but I don't know. Does your S9 get Android 12 or is this at the end of the road? The S9 is at the end of its rope. Okay. No more updates. I don't even think it's getting monthly security updates anymore. I think those are more limited now. Mm -hmm. So it's, yeah, it's, it's hanging by a thread. That one. We'll talk about that in a little bit, actually. Um, so on Wear OS real quick, um, this is the other, big announcement yeah, this was another big one and this i think directly impacts you i mean tell us a little bit about it but samsung made a big announcement that i have no idea whether or not it negatively impacts you does it i wouldn't say it necessarily negatively affects me okay. but it's certainly neutral okay okay <laughs> so samsung has been using its own os for wearables called tizen at one point they had originally i think planned to completely replace android entirely so they were planning on, and well, I don't know if they got to the point where they planned it necessarily, but they were developing Tizen with the possibility that they would make phones that use Tizen OS instead of Android. But it's been limited to their wearables. So basically watches have used Tizen uh, this entire time. One of the announcements from Google I.O. this year was that Samsung and Google will be merging Tizen efforts into Wear OS. So Samsung will no longer be using Tizen for their watches. They will use Wear OS on all their future Galaxy Watch devices. The existing Tizen watches will not be updated with it. They will continue to use Tizen, but they're not going to receive any real major updates either. So they're basically stuck where they are. So the Galaxy Watch 3 that I own is just kind of done right that was just released last year wasn't it right yeah um i just got it last year uh so that's a little bit of a sticking point yeah but samsung does pretty well anyway with upgrade incentives okay uh or at least i don't know incentives probably is just the right word yeah yeah (laughs) so if i if if they launch a galaxy watch 4 uh and it's got wear os on it 
it's pretty likely that they would offer a fair amount for the Galaxy Watch 3 that I just got. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to see how that pans out, and it's very possible that I'll trade in my Galaxy Watch 3 and get the 4. There's been some talk about the optimization of Wear OS because it's historically been a bit of a tire fire. Yeah. Uh, whereas Tizen OS has been much better optimized. Uh, it's much lighter, better on battery life. So maybe Samsung will be able to help Google out with that. I don't know. And I don't think anyone can know right now. Yeah. So that's definitely a TBD item. So one thing that I heard that was a little interesting about this announcement is that it was kind of light on details. When I listened to Android Central speak about this, they... They actually said that uh, the name of the operating system wasn't even really clear. Like, it sounded like neither Google nor Samsung were really willing to, you know, say the word Wear OS. They're like the Wear operating platform or something like that. Like something super vague like that, indicating that mm. more changes are coming. And I, my hope is that the two of them are working together because it doesn't really make a ton of sense for both Google and Samsung to compete against each other because their goal is to compete against app, the Apple Watch and ultimately the iPhone. Um, Google Google and Samsung essentially share customers, but they compete against each other in this instance where Google is you know, the operating system manufacturer, Samsung is the phone manufacturer. It, sometimes they compete against each other, sometimes they don't. But in this case, they were competing against each other. And it makes just more sense in the world that since Samsung seems to be dedicated to Android, I don't see how they couldn't be because they've been trying, you know, building up Tizen for many, many years now, and they have not yet once shipped a successful Tizen phone, at least that made any form of like market market impact. So they're they're stuck with Android. So they might as well go all in and help Google make a better watch platform. Yeah, it should hopefully lead to better optimization. Um, mm -hmm. On one point, I do think it is just called Wear now. Okay. For some reason. I, they're dropping the OS, I guess, from the name that they call it. So, I mean, it still is Wear OS because it's an OS called Wear. <laughs> so I, I don't know what their <laughs> reasoning is there in changing that. Cool. All right. Uh, more to come on that one as they actually release a product with it. So, um, But it's too bad that your, your watch already is essentially obsolete. That's the piece that I was upset yeah, about for you. And the other thing is I've, I do have, like, I haven't bought a lot, um, but I do have probably like eight or like maybe 10 watch faces or, or maybe one app. I don't know I, yeah. that I've bought that are Tizen, um, yeah. watch faces. Yeah. And those I'm assuming will not be compatible with whatever this new incarnation of Wear OS yeah, I doubt turns it. out to be. Um, hmm. so and I think Samsung and, and Google will have to do a little bit of uh, enticing to mm -hmm. get developers to get back up to speed mm -hmm. and either port things from Tizen to the new Wear or, um, yeah, I, I think they've got some work to do there just to... Yeah. I mean, there's already stuff that's on Wear, obviously. There's yeah. been people who just kind of specifically make for Tizen and they'll have to bring those people over somehow. All right. Um, there's a few other odds and ends an announced at Google I.O. and that we can probably nail through pretty quickly here. Um, there's a 
password manager announced. What's your thoughts on that? This one's already been a thing, but I think the new feature is that you can change passwords for services from inside the password manager. I don't know how that works. I don't know if it requires the site or the app to implement something. I would assume it does. There's not like a universal protocol for doing this. So I'm really curious how it works. And then Google Maps got an interesting update as well. Uh, I, I The thing that piqued my interest is eco-friendly routes and safer routes. So there's sometimes that I'm going somewhere that I don't really care if I get there any specific timeline. Like I, I'm fine with going longer time periods. So I think that's interesting. What's your thoughts on any other uh, Maps updates? I like those. I think that they need more of that. Just smarter, yeah, smarter routing or just the ability to be more or less aggressive, I guess, mm-hmm. with with your route. And I don't Sometimes I'd rather be moving than stuck, even if they're going to take the same amount of time. Yeah, totally. So I'll take a longer route as long as it means my wheels are turning. Yeah. You know? <laughs> something more interesting, maybe a more of an interesting route instead of uh, bumper to bumper for half an hour. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So stuff like that's always welcome. It sounds like they had something, and I don't know too much about it. They had something about stop signs and lights. Yeah, that'd be sweet. I know that, uh, so I actually use Apple Maps for the specific reason that um, they have stop sign and stop light detections. And that is really super handy. And every single time that I've used Google Maps since getting used to that, I have missed a ton of turns because of the fact that I'm looking for the like little indicator saying, take a turn at the next stop sign or take a turn at the next stoplight or whatever. Um, having access to that, like having a little indicator that says, now I need to turn at the stoplight. Like I know that the thing that the app can tell me when I need to turn, like it'll say, Hey, take a right. But do I need to take a right before the stoplight? Do I take a right after the stoplight? Do I take a right into the parking lot of the gas station and then then take like a left outside of the gas station i don't know whereas if it has the stoplight or the stop sign there's no question there i'm taking a, a left at the stop sign assuming of course that it's not a weird ass stop sign so um mm-hmm. yeah i i don't know it if google did build that in that'd be sweet because that would allow me to kind of give them another shot soon so yeah i I think they're they're doing something more around like just confusing lane changes and Mm. and more intricate detail about how to handle things like that and i know Mm. they've been working on landmark oriented navigation for a while it's there sometimes but it seems really inconsistent so far so if they add in more of that that would be cool yeah. Um, cause every once in a while I'll hear it where it'll be like, turn left at the Arby's or something, you know? And that's usually a little bit easier to read as you're driving than turn left on this street because you have to track down the little sign that says what street it is. So just more things that don't require you to look at your screen to see what street or am I there? Am I not? Kind of like you said. Yeah, that's great. All right, yeah. so what else did uh what else was announced at Google IO that caught your eye? So they've got a lot of just kind of moonshot projects that mm-hmm. they have worked on. Um one of them was called Project Starline, and this is not even remotely something that everyone's going to have in their house or uh, anything like that, yeah. but it it did seem really cool. So uh you need a whole setup that I assume has like professional grade lighting and cameras and everything but it basically projects 
it's like a video call, but it's projecting a 3D model of that person that you're talking to in front of you. So if you move around, you're seeing them in 3D. It's, you know, the way they've portrayed yeah. it, it's basically like you're sitting in front of the person. Very interesting. Yeah, but it, it requires a whole booth that has these high-resolution cameras and depth sensors and lighting that's good enough, obviously, to render all this. And so... Yeah, I love the ambition. Very moonshot, yeah. Uh, but would be really cool a um, hundred years from now when it's commonplace in workplaces. So. I bet you anything this will be commonplace in fifty, maybe maybe twenty. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, I, I mean, it's amazing that they can do it today. That's that's pretty sweet. So curious. You know, to see I bet NASA will be using it before too long because yeah. people go crazy when they're in little little tin cans floating around yeah. the solar system. So. Anything we can do to help out those brave, brave astronauts. Yeah. We'll be getting our, our instructions from the Emperor to execute Order 66. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Any day now. Any day now. All right, what else? So they've got some other things. Uh, they're working on improving the camera, so it's more inclusive of skin tone. Yeah, that's sweet. I like that. I'm glad that they took a moment to announce that. It's cool. Yeah. And they they have this really cool thing in Google Photos. I like this a lot. Basically, if you've taken multiple photos, Google will animate between them. So you take two shots of of a scenario, say 30 seconds apart, or even I don't know, five or 10 seconds, and Google will actually animate between them and fill in all those gap frames so that it looks like a little video clip. I'm so torn on this. Yeah. We we have the tech we kind of have technology to do this. I think that there's a few mm-hmm. popular apps these days that do that. And it it looks eerie. The the demo that they showed on this looked looked cool and it looked fine. But I've seen a few other photos of this and it looks eerie. It's weird. Yeah, I think it'll be a little bit like that um what was that site recently, My Heritage, that was doing that yes. little yep. photo animation thing? Yep. It looks like it could be a little bit like that, like Uncanny Valley yeah, a little bit. Exactly. Where it's just a little off. But uh I think it's I think it'll be really cool. I don't know. It's probably a whole bunch of machine learning and everything. So yeah. you know, neural net. We'll we'll see how it works <laughs> out. But the couple demos they had were pretty cool. Yeah. Totally. Nice. Anything else from Google IO? Uh what else did they have? I think there was some stuff about digital car keys, but uh, I don't have a car that that'll work with, so don't care. I think that's just gonna be an industry thing. Um, Apple's marching towards that beat as well. Um, there's a, f- I think there's like a BMW launching this year that'll have the capability, but someone's got to do it first. BMW's gonna do it first. I think a couple other Italian brands. Are yeah, gonna I do think it first. it's gonna be a while. It's gonna be unfortunately, a um, not too like long though. Wireless. Actually. Wireless Android Auto. That'd be uh, nice to get immediately. I really, really would have liked on my current car that I just got um, end of last year. Yep. And no wireless Android Auto. I do have... You're lucky you have Android, Android Auto. Auto. <laughs> yeah. My last... Uh, let's see. I think it was... the. So I, I do leases currently. Yep. And my previous car also had it. So I've had it twice. And it's great. I really like it. Yep. But... Plugging in the phone just kind of sucks, yeah. especially when everything else is basically wireless. I just like I have wireless charging on it, and so I hardly ever plug it in anymore, yeah. unless I'm in the car. Mm-hmm. And actually, this is going to tie into, and we just talked about this. We were texting about this. 
the USB-C port on my Galaxy <laughs> S9 Plus does not work very well anymore, and I'm pretty sure it's loose. Yeah. Because uh, I've tried multiple cables, and they all do this to differing extents. But as I'm driving, if I hit a significant bump, then my phone has a pretty good has pretty good odds of of the connection being lost and so android auto will just boop and it's lost and i have to jitter with it to get it back yeah so i i think if maybe i got a new phone it would be fine i didn't have this problem on my last uh car and i'm i'm pretty sure at this point it's the phone's port so when i upgrade hopefully that goes away I think that's a good segue. So I have a couple meta questions, but I actually think I might save that for either the next episode or after that, um, after we digest the um, developer conferences that we have uh, enjoyed. So I'll save my meta questions for a kind of a more, uh, another opportunity to talk about that. Um, so and that, that means we can go right into some news. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, I'm here. I'm here for it. I'm the day is coming. So you're thinking about a new phone because your your phone can't stay connected via USB C port anymore. That's uh Oh yeah. I'm thinking about it. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. Okay. So there the problem is that this particular manufacturer likes to do this thing where they reveal a phone and then they wait approximately thirty decades before they actually <laughs> release it. We oh my oh my god okay so um I've opened it up on B and H photo and it says expected availability shipping will begin Tuesday August thirty first yes that's for <laughs> the U S I believe yeah uh, so the that's this is the uh, the Sony Xperia One Mark Three looks like a fantastic phone there's a whole lot of things I like about it I'm so glad this is this is the right choice we talked about Sony a little while back. And ever since we talked about Sony, I was like, dude, this is if if he could get over the band connection, um, this is the device for him because you you love Sony and it's they're they're a great company. And this phone just looks freaking sweet. Yeah. So I do really like Sony. I'm a I've always been a big fan of PlayStation um, and I have like a Sony receiver for my sound system in the living room yeah. i've just i've always liked sony's hardware design just really really like their aesthetics i don't know about the vio that had the, you know mm. through the 2000s obviously mm. had the same kind of hardware design the 2000s always did i guess <laughs> some but were good some were sony not. i just always really like sony yeah so i like the phone aesthetics a lot um it's a little bit less rounded uh which is nice and it finally has the bands needed for service in the U.S. on T-Mobile. It finally has it. And as a bonus, it's got 5G. On top of that, it keeps microSD support and a headphone jack and has... Tell me it has MST as well. <laughs> it, it doesn't. <laughs> because unfortunately, bad. Samsung and LG... Uh, have that all tied up. R.I.P. Um, but with my new tap to pay card, maybe that won't be an issue. Maybe. So anyway, it's got all that. Plus, it's got it'll uh, have a 120 hertz refresh rate display OLED yeah. at 6.5 inches, which is big, but it's only 0.3 inches bigger than my S9 Plus, which I'm hoping isn't too drastic it's a different aspect physically. ratio as well it's 21 by and 9 it, yeah it's it's 21 9 so it's really tall mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes um i think it'll be great just it's got 
front-facing dual speakers. It's yeah. got wireless charging. It's just—it's got all the stuff. And Sam, uh, sorry, Sony has been pretty good with battery life. So forty-five hundred mAh, yeah. not too bad. Uh, good camera stuff. Uh, I don't take a lot of pictures, but it's good to have it. It's still water resistant, so just everything just seems really, really good. Yep. The problem is I've got to wait like yeah, a long time, know, four months, yeah. three months at this point if it launches at the end of August. Yeah. So I'm looking at that one. I I have seen some stuff about Google's Pixel, uh, the upcoming devices, and those could be a little tempting as well. Yeah. At least aesthetically, they're very cool, but. Yeah, this this Sony device is really really uh, calling my name right now. It's just a matter of getting it into my hands, Sony. <laughs> August thirty first is it'll be here soon, but boy oh boy, that's the end of the summer. <laughs> yeah, I mean I've waited three years at yes, this point, right? Yes, yeah. I mean if you can't connect your phone to your car though, that's that's a pretty big bummer. I can't. It's just stupid. Okay. All right. All right. Well, this is gonna be on my mind for a while because. Uh, yeah these sony phones are sweet so um if you get that Mm -hmm. Uh, again we we talked about my sony camera a little while back um there's uh, it looks like it's compatible to be a viewfinder for uh sony alpha cameras which is fantastic um and the camera system on this thing is going to be incredible because it's sony is absolutely knocking it out of the park with their cameras and i have no doubt that this is going to be the best one of the best cameras available on a phone so yeah uh and by that time uh when the phone comes out if i do end up getting it you'll be uh back in the area around that that time time, so if i do get it uh and you've got that camera we could definitely play around with hooking it up as a viewfinder i'm excited i'm excited to give that a shot cool man cool all right i have a couple questions on google io but we're getting close we're getting to the end of this episode so i'll save my uh, meta questions for after the next episode so let's jump on into picks shall we let's do it you go first all right so we're recording on memorial day weekend as we speak and to celebrate uh the official kickoff of summer or you know obviously you'll hear this after memorial day so whatever um if you want to grill um there is a youtube personality that i absolutely love his name is Andrew Ray. I might have talked about him before on this show, uh, but he hosts his uh, channel is technically called the Babish Culinary Universe, the BCU as uh, as it's known. I'm not going to say that word anymore. Uh, as it's known amongst <laughs> his fans. Um, <laughs> so in the show notes, you'll see a video that shows you how to smoke ribs on a gas grill. So even if you don't happen to own a smoker, our boy Babish ha- can show you how to smoke on a on a gas grill. And I have not yet tried it. I don't have a gas grill at all, so I uh, I can't try this. But it looks actually pretty simple. It takes a while. Um, if you've ever smoked something, you know it should take a while. So it does take yeah, a while. Yeah. And the results look surprisingly accurate that a gas grill really can result in some really good smoked ribs. So check it out. It's in the show notes. Okay. So what if I have a grill pan? So you don't have a gas grill at all? (laughs) I don't have a gas grill. I don't have a charcoal grill. I have a grill pan from Ikea that I can use on the stove. Can I smoke ribs? It would 
probably be challenging. I, however, am not the right guy to answer <laughs> that question. So I'm sure we can connect with Babish on Twitter All right. and yeah. ask him to come up with yet another interesting way to smoke some ribs. <laughs> All right. We'll see if we can get a hold of our boy Babish. It seems unlikely, though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll put up the Babish signal and then it'll come right by. Yes. All right. What's your pick? Mine is uh, something I've been watching pretty heavily just in the last few days um, and have been feeling like I really missed the boat for like the last five years. Mm. Uh, It's a show called Critical Role. It's a Dungeons and Dragons stream from Mm. Geek and Sundry. Uh, And it's played by a bunch of voice actors. So I'm sure you've heard of a lot of them at least in the games or anime or, or shows that yeah. they've uh, voiced in. Uh, Matt Mercer is the dungeon master, which means he kind of leads the group and describes the scenarios and everything. Nice. And it's, I've never played Dungeons and Dragons. It's always been interesting to me. And I've, I've played video games that are based on Dungeons and Dragons in the past. And so it's it's really fun to watch, actually, because it's uh, it's like a group of eight people, depending on who uh, shows up on certain days. Uh, If they have the whole kind of party there, it's like nine people. But some people, you know, they might be working or have something going on. So they won't be there that particular week. But it's super cool. They've got one full campaign, I think, that went on for at least like two years and they started like two years before that with those characters. So this group of people uh, have basically built these characters up over the course of years and developed them and went through quests and stuff like that. And I think just recently they ended campaign one and they're into campaign two. I made the brave decision to start with campaign one. So I've got like 140 episodes worth of three or four hour episodes Ooh, long one it's gonna be a while <laughs> but it's it's really interesting and funny to watch just a bunch of cool people playing dungeons and dragons nice nice i don't have any experience but i have listened as you have uh there's a, a podcast network that i follow that over the last few years um one of the specials that they do for other uh, members is they do a a text adventure and that was my first ever exposure into it. And every single year, it's one of the highlights of being a member of this uh, network, uh, of the Relay FM network. Mm. These text adventures are just hilarious because the people who are playing them as well have never played pretty much any Dungeons and Dragons, much less text adventures. And so um, hearing them try to figure out the mechanics of the world is uh, was a lot of fun. So um, cool. All right. Critical Role. It'll be in the show notes as well. So. And uh, with that, uh, we'll close out the episode. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to share any feedback, questions, or topic suggestions, feel free to let us know. We are on Twitter, and we are at Active Discourse. Um, And we'll be back pretty soon here because uh, we talked about uh, Google I.O. this week, and uh, just in about two weeks or so, Apple will have their Worldwide Developer Conference, and this is going to be my third year having actual knowledge of what in the world Swift is. And I'm taking time off of work in order to learn and all the different things that uh, they're offering up to their developers this year. It's a, it's a free service that they're providing to all their developers. So I'm digging in and I'm really, really excited yeah. about it. So we're going to talk again very soon. So 
one more thing we'll probably talk about soon too is Microsoft. Um, yeah, they're teasing uh, an announcement coming up, so we might be talking right. about that on the show very soon. Oh boy, yeah, that's yeah they teased possibly a really big one, and when in the world they're going to announce that because they don't want to get buried under all the Apple news. I don't, yeah, that's going to be interesting when they announce that. So that's coming up soon. We got a lot. It's going to be a, it's going to be a fun uh, part of the summer here. So absolutely. Thanks for listening, and until next time, stay safe. See you next time. Bye.